Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. continue on uh, with a series that we are in for this whole summer, uh, a very unlikely series, uh, but our lead pastor really was in tune uh, uh, with the Holy Spirit as he sought direction for our summer, and uh, the direction that the Holy Spirit gave to our pastor, Chad, uh, was to go through the minor prophets, and, and you've been listening to those uh, messages. They've all been great messages uh, that the different ones, uh, different pastors have been bringing uh, to you. My uh, assignment today is to, to bring to you a message on Haggai. Now, we're getting to the end. There's only 12 of the minor prophets, and so I'm, I'm getting close to the end. After Haggai comes uh, Zechariah and Malachi. And so, you know, you, you want to follow because what I'm, I'm going to allude to some things today that will help, uh, will be brought to light next week. So we want to talk about Haggai. Now, the, the theme throughout the, the little book, there's only two chapters. So the message shouldn't be too long, right? Okay, just two chapters, we should be short, all right? We'll see what happens, all right? So Haggai, uh, his, his theme is all about the temple, the rebuilding of the temple, which also brings into play worship and the presence of God. And we've been sensing worship this morning. We, we've been sensing the presence of God. So there, there's, there's um, similarities to what we've already experienced and to what uh, Haggai is going to address. So I want to start by reading the first 12 verses of the short little book called Haggai. And that will help uh, uh, to set the, set the background for us. And then, I, then I'm going to, as we get to the end of this message, I'm going to try to pull it in really to where, what it means to us. All right, so it's, um, it starts off, uh, uh, and uh, it's called um, a call to rebuild the temple. On, on August 29th, verse 1 of chapter 1, on August 29th, of uh, the second year of King Darius's reign, the Lord gave a message to the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and governor of Judah, and to Joshua, or like Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. These two guys are, are key key characters in the next couple of books. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies says. The people are saying the time has not come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the Lord sent this message to the prophet Haggai. Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. You have planted much, but harvest little. You eat, but are not satisfied. You drink, but are still thirsty. You put on clothes, but cannot keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. Now go up into the hills, bring down timber, and rebuild my house. Then I will take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You hope 
for rich harvests, but they were poor. And when you brought your harvest home, I blew it away. Why? Because my house lies in ruins, says the Lord of heaven's armies, while all of you are busy building your own fine houses. It's because of you that the heavens withhold the dew and the earth produces no crops. I have called for a drought on your fields and hills, a drought to wither the grain and grapes and olive trees and all your other crops, a drought to starve you and your livestock to ruin everything you have worked so hard to get. How's that with a rebuke? Then Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of God, God's people, began to obey the message from the Lord their God. And when they heard the words of the prophet Haggai, whom the Lord their God had sent, the people feared the Lord. Wow, that's quite a chapter. So just the background uh, to, to this little book is that Haggai was probably... He's probably close to 90 years old at this time. So he's not, he's not a young buck. Uh, he's been around for a while. Uh, uh, he undoubtedly would have known some others, other names that you would be familiar with uh, throughout the Old Testament. He undoubtedly would have known Ezra, been familiar with Nehemiah, Daniel, uh, Zechariah, Malachi, Ezekiel, uh, and others. These were all the different prophets, different roles at this time. But undoubtedly, Haggai would have known them because of his, his age and, and his time uh, as, as being a, a prophet. Now, what we're looking at, this is different. The rest of the, the minor prophets we've been talking about has either been pre-going into exile or during exile. But today it's good news. It's good news because now it's called, it's the post-exilic time. Or um, it's, it's the time uh, that is called uh, in biblical history, it's called the Restoration Period. Or now, it's after being taken away into captivity, and they're coming home. They're coming home. I mean, it's a good day. I mean, man, they're returning uh, to, to Jerusalem, and, and Jerusalem is not in good shape. But they have now been given the go-ahead uh, to, to return. Seventy years are up. Uh, the Babylonian Empire had collapsed, and now the Persian Empire under King Darius is reigning. Now, King Darius plays a key role in the return of the children of Israel back to, to Jerusalem. Now, this is good news because true to Jeremiah's prophecy, after 70 years, the Jews, in particular Judah and Benjamin, the southern kingdom, would return home. Zerubbabel and Joshua are, are key figures. And you're going to understand this a little bit more in the next chapter because through, through Zerubbabel is the messianic line. That was, would be through Zerubbabel that eventually he would be like the great-great-grandfather of Joseph and, and Joseph and Mary, and, and you, you know the rest of that. So Zerubbabel is now the one that's being rebuked by Haggai, but kudos to, to Zerubbabel, he listens. He's got the right kind of heart. He's, he, he's repentant, and God begins to do some things in the nation uh, of um, the broken nation uh, of Israel. Now, there's, it, the, here's the interesting timeline. The rebuilding of the temple 
Because when the, the Jews came back to Jerusalem, the temple had been destroyed. And so they started. They started to rebuild uh, the temple uh, because it meant so much to them. However, the rebuilding of the temple had been interrupted. And so if you want to really get the full story on what's going on with Haggai, you need to be familiar with Ezra. And as Ezra and, and those that were with him at the time were called to uh, rebuild uh, the temple. I'm going to read to you from Ezra chapter 4. Because it comes into play here. Ezra chapter uh, 4 and beginning, uh, uh, I think, with, uh, we'll start with verse 1. When the enemies of Judah... And Benjamin, same timeline now, same timeline now as, as Haggai. And now they've been returned and King Darius has been good, really good to them. And so when the enemies of Judah, so, okay, what's going on is Judah and Benjamin, they're starting to rebuild the temple. And this is what Ezra picks up on. So when the enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the exiles were building a temple for the Lord, the God of Israel, they came, here's his name again, Zerubbabel. They came to Zerubbabel and to the heads of the families and said, let us help you build. Let us help you build because like you, we seek your God and have been sacrificing to him since the time of Eshereddin, king of Assyria, who brought us here. But Zerubbabel and Joshua and the rest of the heads of the families of Israel answered, Uh-uh, you have no part with us building a temple to our God. We alone will build it for the Lord, the God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, commanded us. Then the peoples around them, the same crowd that wanted to kind of joined them, the, the peoples around them set out to discourage the people of Judah and make them afraid to go on building. They bribed the officials to work against them and frustrate their plans during the entire reign of Cyrus, king of Persia, and down to the reign of Darius, king of Persia. Note this, the enemies timeless strategy. Are you listening? Here it is. This is what you need to know now. That was, I was old testament. Some things haven't changed. The enemy's timeless strategies is this. Number one, he wants to infiltrate the building of your temple. He wants to infiltrate. And number two, if that doesn't work, he wants to introduce scare tactics to your rebuilding of your temple. The temple was always to be central. You, you follow this throughout the, uh, the uh, Old Testament in particular, and that was, that was what God wanted. He wanted the temple to be central because that was, that was where his presence would be felt. The temple housed the presence of God. The temple and the presence of God were intended to be synonymous. So temple, presence, worship, all that was working together because that's where God, that was where God would dwell, and that's where God would make himself known. Solomon, when it came to the temple dedication, and, and it was just an incredible moment for them. And, and Solomon, he has this prayer, and, and you're probably familiar with it somewhat. But once again, it's about the temple. 
And it's about his presence. And it's about his worship that, that is so key. When your people, Solomon's praying to God at this moment. He says, when your people Israel have been defeated. Somehow he understood that there were, could be those difficult times ahead. He says, when your people Israel have been defeated or beat up by an enemy because they have sinned against you. And when they turn back and give Praise to your name, praying and making supplication before you in this temple. When they come and they start worshiping you and praising you again, then hear from heaven, God, and forgive the sin of your people, Israel, and bring them back to the land you gave to them and their ancestors. Uh, Temple worship. Temple and worship have always been the central themes throughout the Bible. And when Moses was leading the children of Israel, it wasn't a temple. It was the tabernacle. It was that. It was this there was a glorified tent that God had given special instructions. And so God would be there. And David knew what the temple was always all about. And, and he went out of his way to make sure that there were special instructions for Solomon to, to build a, a temple because of the presence of God. And, and, and David tried in different ways. But he all the time, David understood. Moses understood, and Haggai, he understood how important that the temple would be central. Swindle, Chuck Swindle, and one of the authors that I have uh, uh, followed in in our series uh, on the Minor Prophets, he says this, nothing was more important for the Jews than to show that the Lord was at the center of their thoughts and actions. Haggai directed them to finish building, rebuilding God's temple. So, so, so here, here's what happens, and, and just get back, get the full picture now. So the children of Israel, are, and in particular the tribes of Judah and Benjamin, they've come back to Jerusalem. They started, they, they tried, but then the enemy came in, tried to infiltrate them, and tried to and introduce scare tactics. And so after 16 years... Of the exiles, this is 16 years later now, the book of Haggai is, is, is written, and this is, this is what I just read about. So it was 16 years later, uh, and he's speaking to him, uh, and so the book of Haggai is all about what happens when you neglect the Lord as the center of your thoughts and actions. What happens when you begin to neglect the Lord as the center of your actions and thoughts? Ever since the rebuilding of the temple had stopped, things had not gone well. For Judah and Benjamin, if you recall, what it, I mean, the crops were failing them. They were never having enough drink. Uh, they were always thirsty. Uh, they were having problems with their, their, their clothing. They were always going around. Uh, and they were lack, lack, lack. And so, so what happens is Haggai, he comes, and he comes to uh, uh, Zerubbabel, and he comes uh, to, to Joshua, or Joshua, uh, and he comes to them, and along with all the other leaders, and Haggai, man, he's, he's old, but man, he's still got fire. He's still got fire in his belly. He's confrontational, and he's calling us, man, it's time, Zerubbabel, I need to meet with you. Joshua, I need to meet with you. I need to meet with the heads of children, because, man, what's going on here is not pleasing God, and it's time to, be, time to get reckoned with. And so, and so Haggai, uh, he comes and he brings to them and he rebukes them. He says, what are you guys doing? He says, you should be building the temple of God. And look what you've been doing. You've just been looking at your own homes and you've been looking after your own subs. You've got nice paneled homes and everything else. And meanwhile, the temple of God is being neglected. What have you been doing? 
And so, man, it was just one of those moments. And, and the good news is, is that this is one of the first times, usually when we talk about the minor prophets and the message that they're giving, usually what happens, the message from the Lord goes out very, very clear, but the children of Israel or the children of Judah and Benjamin, in this case, they don't obey. They keep on going, do the same thing, and as a result, they got carried away into captivity, etc. But this time, in the book of Haggai, this is, this is where it gets exciting. Because in the book of Haggai, he rebukes them and he confronts them about what's going on, just like all the other prophets had done. He probably was aware of every message that all the minor prophets had given. But this time, this time as he's rebuking them, especially Zerubbabel and Joshua and the heads of the people, they listen to him. And the Bible says that it's, it's like revival takes place. And they do exactly what Haggai says for them to do, and they start rebuilding the temple. They, they go at it, and this time it's going to get completed because now God is with them, and now they got their priorities, they got their priorities straight. So revival breaks out, and when revival breaks out, it causes repentance, and, and it, causes, uh, it causes turnaround. It causes obedience and action. The heavens are now opening, and this was consistent with King Solomon's prayer. And he prayed this over in 2 Chronicles 7. And you can just see uh, that when God sets something in motion, I mean, he, he backs it up. He backs it up. And, and so uh, Solomon, as part of his prayer at the temple dedication, because the temple wasn't Solomon's idea, it was God's idea. So, so uh, uh, Solomon, he continues to pray in, in uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 7. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. I don't know. I don't know exactly all that Haggai said, but he could have been even referencing uh, uh, Solomon as he stood in front of the, the people, especially with Zerubbabel and Jehoshua, uh, Joshua and, and uh, the heads of Israel. He could be referring. This is what King Solomon prayed. He said, listen, if we will humble ourselves and pray, then we're going to hear from heaven. The heavens are going to open up instead of facing drought, instead of going around lack, instead of being lackluster. We are going to be what God has called us to be. God, is, God wants us to be a place where we show his glory, where, where his, his blessing flows. And that when people come to the temple, they leave the temple feeling pretty good. They leave the temple with the blessing of God in their lives. They leave the temple with the assurance that when they prayed for, for God to come and, and heal a, a loved one or for God to supply need, that somehow when they left the temple, because they had been in the presence of God, that God was doing it because they had been obedient to what he had asked them to do. If my people will humble themselves and pray. It's all, it's all about the temple. It's all about our relationship. So this is what we know. Historically, this is what we know. The temple did get rebuilt. Um, and, and 
the temple gets built, and, and, and Haggai references, and it says, um, have you noticed? Have you noticed that the temple that you rebuilt, really, it, it's, it, it lacks? It, it's, it, it falls short of what the, the original temple looked like. He, he points that out to them. And, and, and so, and that, that's, that's a cue for us or a clue that, that Haggai probably as a young boy, maybe, maybe 10 years old, I might be pushing, I don't know, but as a 10-year-old, he remembered what the temple looked like. He remembered how glorious it was and, and, and all the gold and what the worship was all about. He remembered. And so some 70 years later, he's saying, uh, okay, you, you, you rebuilt the temple. Uh, but but it's it's not like the other one and and, and key key once again and, and this is what and, and there, this was a shift this is this was God's doing and, and and so that there was a shift that you know the key is my presence my the key is my my time with you my time of open up the the windows of heaven so Judah and and Benjamin's future. This is a key moment in the history of Israel. Judah and Benjamin's future involvement in what God was about to do had a lot to do with their personal choices. And as I mentioned, and, and Pastor Kristen will be speaking next week on Zechariah, and, and she'll, she'll, she'll touch on uh, more of Zerubbabel and, and, and some of the things that were happening there. But at this point, it was up to them. Like, like it is with us every time we come to church. Every time we come in this service and we worship together and, and we'll hear words from the Lord like we did, and God spoke so wonderful to us today. And, and as uh, Pastor Carlo gave us direction and scriptural clarity on what happened in our service today, uh, we, it was clearly a message in tongues. You could tell it, man, it just rang true. Uh, there, there was uh, a couple interpretations, actually, uh, and you could just tell it as, as that word was coming. Man, God is speaking to us today. God's got a word for us today, and we need not only say, well, it wasn't that nice. No, it was more than that. It was, come on, we got we to gotta do something. We got to let go of something. Don't be fearful about uh, what God is, uh, is, is about to do. And, and maybe, maybe that's what Zechariah and, and, or, or Zerubbabel uh, and, uh, and uh, Joshua, maybe, maybe they were fearful of the future. Maybe children of Israel, they, they, they were fearful as, as well. So, so, so here's what we understood. It was a historic moment. Revival breaks out, and the temple, the temple does get re, re, rebuilt. But they had a choice to make. They had a choice to make. In the generations to come, would there still be that emphasis on God's presence in the middle of, of that nation? In our day, as you and I know historically, we can go over to Israel. I've been there. Many of you have been there as well. You can go to Israel now, and you won't see any temple. There's no temple over there. I mean, I, I hear reports that they're, they're, they've got plans for one, and that, that's great. Uh, and and uh, so uh, the, the question is always asked is, will, will there be a, another earthly temple? And, and, and Bible scholars, by the way, just so that you know, uh, Bible scholars, they have varying opinions on that. You know, some, yeah, 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 there's going to be a temple. I don't know. Uh, some think, no, no, it's just going to be some kind of uh, something that is more of a spiritual type of temple. And, and you know, that makes sense to me as well. So I, I just want to read to you a, a passage of Scripture that, that certainly suggests that there is a, a, a future temple that, that is coming. And so this is a passage that comes out of Isaiah says that in the last days, 
Um, I think we're in the last days. Anybody else think we might be in the last days there? You know, there's a few of you. Okay, okay, all right. There. I don't know what the rest of you are thinking, but I think we're, uh, we're, we're, we're never see- we haven't seen days like the days we're seeing right now. So in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established. And I find that interesting. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills, and, and, and all the nations will stream to it. So must be something's going to happen. And many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up into the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob. And, and he will teach us in his ways so that we will walk in his path. And the law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he will judge between the nations and, and will settle disputes for many peoples. Oh, Lord, bring that day. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will, will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Come, O house of Jacob. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. So, oh man, so, something's going to happen. That's good, but it hasn't happened yet, has it? No. So, so the question we have to ask ourselves, okay, it looks like something really, really good is going to happen, okay? But, the question you and I have to ask today is, in the meantime, what do we do? In the meantime, that's part of it, yeah. In the meantime, what do we do? The New Testament helps us understand that our relationship to God's temple and, and, and presence. The Bible, Paul will say this, and I'm going to read the description in just a moment. Paul will say that you and I are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Now, okay, follow, follow that line. So something switches. Something changes in the New Testament, and, and you're going to understand that. So, so understand this, that decentralization was always a part of God's plan. For God, so what? Didn't love just Jerusalem and, and not just Judah and, 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 and Benjamin and Zerubbabel and Joshua and, and children of God so loved the world. Decentralization. Uh, and that was all, uh, that all came into to being, and, and it was made all kinds of sense when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, and Jesus had ascended, resurrected Jesus, had ascended into heaven. And as he promised, he sent his Holy Spirit. And why? Because he wanted to decentralize. No longer would we have to hop on planes or boats to go to Jerusalem to find Jesus. No longer would we have to go on some kind of yearly uh, pilgrimage uh, to, to Jerusalem to, uh, to, to get into the presence of our God. No, no. Something had happened and God's plan was that there would be a decentralization. We no longer need to go to Jerusalem to experience the presence of God. We can experience the presence of God right here, right this morning. We experienced the presence of God here this morning as we were lifting up our hands and we were praising God. What was going on? I mean, there was something going on in the temple. And, the Bible, and Paul says, you and I are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And that whenever our temple begins to praise, that's where it starts. That's really where it starts. I mean, yeah, it's a reality. When you start praising God, guess what? We begin to experience the presence of God. So presence, so praise and worship. Oh, be filled with this. I remember there used to be an old chorus that talked about, uh, about the temple and God. Uh, it was praise and, and power and glory. Uh, uh, know ye not, ye are the temple. Filled with praise, filled with power, and filled with glory. And, you know, it was an old song. We would sing it over and over and over again. No, you're not. You are the temple. 
No, you're not. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost, filled with praise, filled with power, filled with glory. Do you think that message changed? Is that message still for today? Oh, yes, it is. It is. And, and that, that's why the book of Haggai gets really exciting. Because the book of Haggai was all about the, the restoration of the temple. It was about the temple coming alive once again. Because once they got the temple and they got things back in order and they, and they started getting their focus back on the Lord, the presence of God started filling that place. And, and the presence of God was starting to overflow not only out of the temple, but out of Jerusalem. And then we get into the New Testament and realize this. So 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, and this is the, this is the teaching that, that, that Paul gives to us. He says, by the grace God has given me, and listen closely to this. We won't spend a lot of time on this except for the last couple of verses. He says, I laid a foundation as a wise builder. There's almost, there's almost a reflection when Paul is seeing, he's writing the scripture. It's almost like he's got in his mind the rebuilding of the temple. It's almost like he's thinking about what Haggai had written. And so he goes on and he says, he says, By the grace of God he has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. And, and so that was the choice, right? Zerubbabel and, and Joshua, they had to make a choice. We're going to continue on, and we're going to pass this down, and, and, and thank God they did. But each one, Paul says, should build with care. Because just not any... Construction material works here. Not, not, not all materials that we perceive as part of the building program for the Temple of the Holy Ghost are, are, are going to hold. So he goes on to say, says, but each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation, which is Jesus Christ, that's, that's, that's what we hold dear to you. That's the center theme of our, our church and our life. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, gives you all kind of options here, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will, re- it will be revealed with fire, and the fire will teach the, the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, uh, the builder will suffer loss, but yet we will be saved. Even though only as one escaping through the flames. Now, there's just summarizing all that up in quick hurry. Is that Paul says, man, there's certain things that you need to do. And there's certain things that you can do. But man, in the end, they're going to go up in a puff of smoke. Let's do the things that really count. And the things that really count, I tell you, when it comes to God, is our praise our worship, and our obedience to his word. I mean, that really, really works. Those, those, those things are gold. Those things are silver. And those are the things that when we stand before God, that's what God will honor, and that's what God will bless. And that was, that, that's what will cause you and I to have a grand entrance into heaven. So, so he, he says this, don't you know? So why, why are we preaching this again? I don't know. It was all part of the summer theme. It was all, once again, it was part of the instruction, part of that sensitivity that Pastor Chad had for us as a church. That it says, don't you know? We need to hear this message today. 
Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? Let me tell you something. Hey, children, I want you to know, the youngest child here, I want you to know you got Jesus in your heart. Man, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. And as, you know, the children get older, and whether, whether they're in that 1 to 6, or they go and we're going on 7 to 10 or whatever, and we get in the teenager, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And so this message is for you today. This message is God says to you today by the Holy Spirit. Don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost and what you're doing right now, it does count. And that's why when you come to church on Sunday morning, it's important that you just don't look at mom and dad as they're raising their hands, that you're raising your hands too. It's not important just, just you know, seeing somebody else worship. It's important. Do you know today, children, you know that today, this is your day. This is your time and that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And he wants to fill you. He wants to fill you with his praise he wants to fill you with his power and he wants to fill you with his glory and at that point that should be really a shout no at that time there we go thank you thank you <laughs> there you go i don't know how you work that in pastor carlo but we try to bring it out every once in a while okay i joyce myers oh i, I gotta stop I, I the time my goodness i got carried away i got carried away this is such a good sermon i got carried away okay but okay i'm gonna wrap it up okay okay now joyce myers she writes, God wants to display his glory in and through us dramatically as he did in the physical temple of Solomon's day. When God's glory is manifested in your life, others will look at you and say, wow, what a great God you serve because the power of his goodness towards you is visibly evident to them. Food basics. Are you familiar with food basics? They used to have an advertisement. Remember? Somebody come around and they look at some deal over there and, and the person would say, Wowza! Wowza! You remember that? I was. I, I looked it up today. I thought it was Walmart, but it's, it was Food Basics, okay? I like Food Basics. We're, 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 we're you know, down to earth kind of people. But, you know, this is what when I thought of when I heard Joyce's, uh, read Joyce's uh, uh, comments. She said, When God's glory is manifested in your life and He wants to manifest your, His glory in your life today, others will look at you and say, Wowza! What do you got? Wowza! Come on, you, you think that uh, how much, you know, we look around our world. Are you okay with what's going on in our world? I am not okay with what's going on in our world. I personally am okay, but I am not okay with what's going on in our world. And I want you to know that God is raising up a church. He is raising up a church that understand that they are the temple of the Holy Ghost. That they understand that wherever they go, they are carrying the presence of God. That wherever they go, they are making a marked difference in their world. And so that when people come and have an encounter with you whether you're young or whether you're old how am I doing whether you're young or whether you are old it doesn't matter that they recognize that there's something different about you and that somehow some way they come with a response wowza what do you have what do you have that I don't have? Because what you don't have, what you have, I want. And I want, I want to go after whatever you've been chasing and whatever you've been worshiping in the house of the Lord. Let's stand together. Let's stand together. I got to conclude this. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Uh, uh, Steve, I had to kind of leave out some things because just of interest for time. <laughs> the enemy's tactics have not changed. I want you to know the enemy tries to infiltrate your temple. He tries, he tries to distract you. He tries to distract me. 
He tries to get, get us off the focus of Jesus Christ. Because so, when our focus is on Jesus Christ, his presence flows. And, and this morning, I, I, I want to really uh, just, just encourage us today to once again revisit the, the distractions, the distractions that you and I can face in our lives. But also, 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 the enemy wants to scare you. The enemy wants you to be gripped with fear. The enemy wants you to be, be crippled so that you, you just kind of stay within, I'm okay, and, uh, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to make, make it to heaven. And I want you to know that there are a lot of things that have happened in the last couple of years that have brought fear to the church. And that's not been God. That's not been God. That's been a tactic of the enemy, trying to scare us, trying to reduce us. And I want you to know that our God, our God is a mighty God. I, I want you to know that, man, he's still on the throne. And I want you to know that he's still reigning. And I want you to know, friends, that when you call upon him, come on, come on, come on. When you call upon him, if our people will humble ourselves and pray, guess what's going to happen? The windows are going to happen. They're going to open. And I want you to know today that, you know, God has not given us a spirit of fear, right? God has given us a spirit of power and love and confidence. Come on. That's what he's given to us. Because we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. I want you to leave this place feeling really good today. Okay? I'm going to ask for the prayer team. I want to ask for the prayer team. For those that aren't on the prayer team, will you go to the back? Will you go to the back of the... Uh, um, I got to turn this off. It says, I just fell. That was my Apple Watch, and I want to let them know that I'm okay. <laughs> That's probably too, too much... I, I did not fall, but I'm okay. Okay, there we go. All right, for those that have an Apple Watch, you know exactly what's going on here. Okay. All right, I, really, I, I'm really asking everybody that's on the prayer team, and I, I want you to go back to the doors. And as people come out, as they go out of church, I, I just really want you to pray over, just not pray over, just say, bless you. Bless you. Because the whole plan God always wanted when his people went to the temple, they came out of there feeling good. They, they came out with the blessing of God. They came out with the blessing of God. Okay, so listen, I'm looking at the doors. Wave at me. Wave at me, uh, people that are on prayer team. Get, okay, I want people over at this door right here. Okay, that's good. That's good. Okay, I'm not done. We need a little bit more here. I'm, I'm going to call on some recruits. Okay, I, if, if you're a board of directors, I want you to get in place. Okay, will you go join them as well? Because I don't want to have anybody miss. Everybody that leaves this place today needs to leave with the blessing of God upon their lives. Okay, good. If you have been a small group leader in the last six months, I want you to get to the doors. I want you to get to the doors. Wayne, I want you to get to the doors. So good to see you this morning, but I want you to pronounce blessing on people. Dave McPherson, you should be over at that door. You're one of those. Get over there and start blessing people as you go out that door. Man, oh man, I tell you, I'm not, I'm not going to hold off on this thing. Okay. All right. Okay. Also this morning, as the worship team, and I'm going to pray, they're going to play a song. But for those today that need healing or have need of healing in your family, I want you to come to the front. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you, okay? Because I know that some of you are struggling and some of you have some situations that we need to pray for. So let me pray and um, leave the temple feeling really good today. First Assembly, Father, I thank you today that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. I thank you, Father, for what you are doing today. I thank you that today that there was praise. I thank you today that there was worship in the temple. Father, I thank you that your, your presence was 
tangible. And Lord, I want to thank you that today that, that, that we can leave this place with the same uh, spirit of revival, the same spirit of your outpouring, the same uh, awareness of the blessing of God. Lord, I pray that there will be, as Joyce Myers, that wow factor. That, Lord, as we go as the temples and that people see us and meet us today and throughout the week, where have you been? What's been going on in your life? So, Lord, I thank you today, and I, and I pray for special blessing. I pray, Father, for your presence to be released. And, Lord, for any of the enemy's tactics, Lord, I pray today that you will help everyone here to know today where, where the enemy will try to, have, try to infiltrate their temple. And, Lord, I pray that they will stand up tall and say, you have no part in my life. You are no longer going to have any place in my life. And, Lord, I pray for any of those that have been gripped by fear, gripped by fear because of everything that's going on in our world. Lord, uh, Lord, whatever agenda it is. And Lord, there's a lot of things going on in our world. And if you only look at those things, fear can grip your heart. But Lord, I pray today that there will come Holy Ghost boldness. Lord, I pray for people that today that have been sensing fear trying to grip, that Lord, that they'll stand up in the name of Jesus and that they will rebuke that the fear. They will rebuke, Lord, the, the enemy today, and they will declare, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. So, Lord, we're going to go out of this place today rejoicing today because we have been in your presence. And for those that will remain in need prayer for healing, Lord, I thank you for the healing miracles that you have for them. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.